Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So we have just chanted the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Mantra consists of two parts of the word mantra. Man means mind and tra means that which delivers. So by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, we deliver the mind from material entanglement. And Hare Krishna, the Hare Krishna mantra is called the Maha Mantra. Maha means great. So as our spiritual master Srila Prabhupada says, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is the great chant for deliverance. And one can chant at any time of day or night, in any circumstance. And in fact, one should chant as much as possible whenever one gets a chance. And if one does chant, one will feel happy. It's, it's natural that when one chants Hare Krishna, one will feel happy. And with a material sound vibration, if we repeat it, Again and again we become tired of it. But with our Krishna Maha Mantra, some of us have been chanting for fifty-five years. Fifty-five years. We've been chanting for fifty-five years and we don't get tired of it. Thank you, Lord. Chant more and more. In fact, once a, uh, an interviewer asked our spiritual master, Shiva Prabhupada, what does chanting accomplish? And Shiva Prabhupada replied, chanting accomplishes chanting. <laughs> the more you chant, the more you chant. The more you want to chant, more. So now, uh, if any of you have any questions or comments, any reflections, uh, please raise your hand and we will call upon you.
she's asking, how do we know if we're being purified by chanting? And our spiritual master, Shiva Prabhupada, gave a very good answer. Uh, because, as we say, you can just add this chanting, you don't have to change anything. But you just add this chanting. And Shiva Prabhupada gave the example that if you're on an airplane, you may be doing everything the same that you do on the ground. Talking, reading, eating. Everything seems the same. But when you look out the window, you see how far you've come. So, in the same way, in Krishna consciousness, we add the chanting and Everything else more or less seems the same. But when we look at what we were and what we have become, we, we can see how far we have come. And the, uh, the phrase used in the Bhagavad Gita by Lord Krishna is that one develops a higher taste uh, by chanting uh, you develop a higher taste we do have regulated principles uh, to be initiated uh, no eating meat, fish or eggs no uh, intoxication, no gambling, and no illicit sex. Uh, and it might sound difficult to follow those regulated principles, but by chanting Chaito uh, Darjana Marjana, the dirty things within the heart become cleansed, and then one will naturally give up those things because one doesn't have the taste for them anymore because one has experienced a higher taste. In fact, we have a little cookbook called The Higher Taste because when you, when you prepare like vegetarian food and offer it to Krishna, That prasad is spiritualized food. Uh, you get the highest. You don't want those other things. Yes, sir.
I have a question uh, about resurrection. Anyway, can you have a prayer? Uh, you can't hear? It's not that clear because there's no. a background noise. It's, I don't think we don't have two today. Oh, no, no. It, it's, it's been a little change. Okay, you can try it. It's, it's been going off and on. It's been going off and on today, and I'm nervous about changing it around. I can repeat what he says also. It's a Resurrection. So, what is the parallel of that? Who said they felt like great the resurrection? Yeah. Who said that? It's the resurrection. They say, like they say, Hare Krishna, this one. The Catholic Mass, that's what they say. In the Catholic Mass, they say that people are waiting for the resurrection, and what do we say in the Hare Krishna movement? They, they, they say, pray for those people. Who never who stay dead, stay you know, don't wake up in time for it. I was wondering, like, if you have to die, how does the whole process work? According to what does our philosophy say about resurrection of the body? <laughs> well, um, according to the Bhagavad Gita. We, the living being, are not the body, but we are the soul, or the atma, or jiva-atma, within the body. And, nahanyate-hanyamane-sarire, uh, when the body dies, the soul does not die. The soul is eternal. So, what happens to the soul when it leaves the body? That depends on our uh, life's activities and our consciousness at the time of death. If we have been, uh, you could say good, we will get rewarded with a better body. If we've been bad, we will be punished with a worse body. But if we have engaged in devotional service, in bhakti yoga, in Krishna consciousness, then we don't have to take birth again. But we go back home, back to God, and then live eternally with God. And that is our goal. So we should not waste time with either good or bad material activities, but we should engage in transcendental activities, devotional service, bhakti yoga, which will uh, liberate us from this repetition of birth and death. Now, if you speak of resurrection in terms of uh, 
Jesus Christ once a uh, someone said to Srila Prabhupada I guess I don't know if it's the resurrection but for the second coming they, uh, they said that Jesus Christ is expected to come again and Srila uh, Prabhupada replied that is very good news if he comes again we will welcome
um, you know, why can't you be normal like other people? Why do you have to be going after all these swamis and gurus? the voice. And I, and I said, all right. This will be the last one I ever go to. And it was. So, anyway, there's many nice details. Uh, and then, so then, the next night I went to the temple, and I asked Srila Prabhupada that there's so many swamis and yogis, and each gives a different method of uh, realization and each says this is the best. So how do I know which is the best? And Shiva Prabhupada replied very intelligently. He said, what is your goal? Do you want to become God or do you want to serve God? I was asking, what's the best means? But then a more basic question is, what is the end? The best means to what end? So, he's, basically he said that if you want to become God, it means that you're not God now. How can not God become God? And he said, he said, Krishna, Krishna is God, he's always God. He doesn't have to become God by yoga or meditation. So he, he's God when he's playing on the lap of under your shoulder, he's God when he's thinking about my kingdom. God is God. He's always God. He doesn't have to become God. And then he says, if you, if you sow the seed of service to God and water it by chanting and hearing, God will give all the favorable conditions to make it grow. But if you want to become God, you're only cheating yourself. Because why should God help the competition? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that so then he said, so what do you think? Do you want to serve God or do you want to become God? So by then I was convinced. And I got this distinct feeling that Srila Prabhupada was seeing straight through me through the walls of the temple, uh, out down the roads into my apartment. And then he was seen into my apartment under the wall where I had inscribed beautiful, ornate handwriting. You are God. <laughs> uh, 
so empty house. So what do you think? Do you want to become God or do you want to serve God? Well, I knew by then I could serve God, but I also knew I could teach you the crowd God. So I said, I want to serve God, but actually I want you to become God. And he said, yes. <laughs> so then, uh, then I did. I met my perfect master, I offered obeisances in surrender, and uh, yeah, I knew I, I met my perfect master. But I also felt ashamed, I felt exposed, and I had been exposed in front of everyone that I had wanted to become God. So, I definitely offered obeisances in the mood of surrender, but I also kept my head down for a long time because I thought people would be glaring at me if he wanted to become God. But then I heard sounds that indicated that they were serving food. So I thought, well, maybe it's safe to come up now, so I did, and uh, everyone was smiling and happy, no one was glaring at me, and there was this colorful array of different food preparations. I think the first I tried was cauliflower before. And it was like an explosion of taste in my mouth. It's like I'd never experienced such flavors. And everything on the plate was like that. So I thought everything about Krishna consciousness is perfect. The guru is perfect, the chanting is perfect, philosophy is perfect, food is perfect. So, you know, that was, that was the beginning. Russia, 
there were movements of people who were chanting, but it didn't really change the situation. The situation only changed when they made a revolution. And Srila Prabhupada replied, well, since the revolution, are the people in Russia happy? And the young man said, no. And Srila Prabhupada replied, then what was the use of such revolution? Then another, another, another student said, um, you say that by repeating Hare Krishna, you get a certain result. But could you get the same result by anything? By repeating anything. Like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And Srila Prabhupada said, of course, that is not possible. But if you want, you can try counting. And when you get tired of counting, you can try chanting. <laughs> And, um, and then someone asked, either are you always happy or have you realized God? And she would said, if I tell you falsely, yes, will you believe me? And the student said, no. Then Srila Prabhupada said, and what is the use of asking such a question? <laughs> so one by one, he, you could say, defeated all these you know, brilliant students at Harvard Divinity School. So I was, I was sort of um, just wandering around the, the students, listening listening to how they were appreciating Shiva Prabhupada. And suddenly, Jadurani approached me and very affectionately imitating Shiva Prabhupada's voice, she said, so, where is the driver? Because I, I had driven Srila Prabhupada to the program. And I, I, I was just relishing all the students appreciating Srila Prabhupada. So I ran, I ran to the car. And as we were driving back, I realized I didn't know the way. In the, day, in the, the daylight, I didn't have a problem. But now it was nighttime it was dark and I asked the other devotees if they knew the way and none of them knew the way. Srila Prabhupada was in the front passenger seat, I was in the driver's seat and he turned to me and said, is not the driver supposed to know the way? <laughs> But I mean, it just passed through my mind. I didn't, I didn't know I was the driver, and I had duties. I just, 
thought I was being a good guy. <laughs> so anyway, gradually we managed to find our way back. And when we reached uh, the temple, I, I jumped out and opened the door for Srila Prabhupada. And I said, uh, you know, Srila Prabhupada, I'm sorry I got as lost. And Srila Prabhupada smiled with so much compassion and affection. He said, that's all right. And I, I had seen how he had demolished all the students at Harvard. He could have demolished me easily, but he didn't. And that also further reinforced my faith in Srila Prabhupada that even though was like so brilliant and could defeat anyone and just demolish anyone's philosophy. But he didn't he didn't do that with me, even though I did that loss. And he said that for me. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada left, I came across a section in the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam that discusses, uh, discusses the uh, departure of the spiritual master. And I really felt that all the questions I had about how things would work after Srila Prabhupada left were answered in that section of Srimad Bhagavatam. And there are many uh, important statements in those uh, verses and purports, but two that come to mind. One, Srila Prabhupada said that the, uh, the, the disciple and spiritual master are never separated because the spiritual master always keeps company with the disciple as long as the disciple strictly follows the instructions of the spiritual master. And the other thing is that the, when the acharya comes, he establishes uh, eternal spiritual principles. But after he leaves, things become disordered. And the sincere students, uh, disciples, the sincere disciples of the spiritual master try to relieve the situation by strictly following the orders of the spiritual master. 
So that really gave me my um, my answer how things would go on. And Sheila uh, Prabhupada put a lot of emphasis on cooperation. Kamalakrishna Goswami said to Sheila Prabhupada, uh, I think Srila Prabhupada was saying um, that, we, that we should maintain the institution of this time. And Srila Prabhupada said, I mean, Mahakrishna Goswami said, you know, we love you too much, we never let that happen. And then Srila Prabhupada said, your love for me will be shown by how you cooperate to keep this institution together after our people. So cooperation is really very important. And there was one incident just a little after Shiva Prabhupada left when uh, you know one of my godbrothers came to Bombay and uh, he wanted me to uh, release some money. For, for him, for his project. So Srila Prabhupada sort of put me in charge of his funds. And uh, I didn't know what to do because within my heart, I felt that Prabhupada wouldn't want the money used for that. But then again, Srila Prabhupada wanted us to cooperate. And I prayed to Srila Prabhupada, what should I do? Somehow I got the answer that I, should, that I should give him the money. Because even though I didn't think Srila Prabhupada would want the money used for that, I thought that our relationships are more important. And I didn't want to uh, strain the relationship by refusing to give him the money. And I, I think I did the right thing. I think Prabhupada was pleased with that. Good questions? Yes. Pacific group. And 
So the first time I met, well, actually, I, I met him before that in Boston. I have to think of it. Yeah, that was very striking. Because he, he and Brahmananda, who was another very prominent early disciple, they came to Boston. And I was struck that the two of them, they were constantly talking about Srila Prabhupada. Um, but I really got to know him uh, in India. And we we put on a big condom program at Cross Maidan. After the success of that condo program, she was proud by one of program in Calcutta. We sent to Krishna Goswami to Calcutta to arrange the condo program. And on the train, I really got to speak with Krishna Goswami more. And when we got to Calcutta, he said, okay, uh, you collect the money and I'll spend it. <laughs> so that's okay. I, I knew I could collect and I knew I could organize. But we had a really significant thought that uh, changed my life forever. On the balcony of the Calcutta Temple, it must have been after 9 o'clock at night, because all the other devotees were asleep. He was just him and me. And he said many things that really, for example, he said that Shab Sundar was one of the biggest preachers in history. And I said, I don't think I've ever heard Shab Sundar give a talk. So preaching doesn't just mean speaking, it means engaging people in devotional service. And through the uh, through the Panda program in Bombay, through the life membership program, Shum uh, Center had done very good preaching. And then he said, after there there were many discussions leading up to it, but then he said that the essence of spiritual life is to follow the instructions of the spiritual master. And up until then, I was doing everything. You know, I was chanting, attending the morning program, chanting my lounge, reading the books service, I was doing everything, but I didn't have a particular focus. But after Tamal Krishna Goswami said that, my focus became pleasing uh, in whatever I was doing. And so that was a, a very important lesson, and one that has Like, recently, Samal Krishna Goswami, he left in 2012. Do you know, do you recall the 
Archer. Do you recall the last time you saw the monster Shimara? Any memories against the shortly before his departure? Well, actually, my main memory was just a little before he left was a phone call we had. I was at my ashram in Carpentry, California, and he was in Oxford, Oxford to Cambridge, and we had a long conversation in which he asked me about every detail of my life. And, um, yeah, I felt I could present all of my activities to him. He basically approved of them. And I mentioned uh, the hospice project in Vrindavan because I was creating a hospice in Vrindavan. You know, that's very important. And uh, he could help me with that. And yeah, I felt that he reviewed the complete range of all of my activities at that time and basically uh, approved them. And I felt very uh, satisfied by that. Holding on to the Maya. And 
Krishna's words in the Bhagavad Gita are Krishna. But still Krishna says, Evam param param praptam, that one should receive this knowledge through parampara. And so yes, it's Krishna, but we receive the knowledge of Bhagavad Gita through parampara. And we also receive the holy name through parampara. Um, and yeah, the, the holy name of Krishna is Krishna. And so we don't want to commit offenses against Krishna. So it's in our interest to be aware of the ten offenses and to avoid them. But Shiva Bhaktivinoda says that of all the offenses, inattention is the worst. And that if you're inattentive while chanting, all the other offenses can flourish. And if you're attentive while chanting, all the other offenses will be eradicated. So the main thing is to chant with attention. And yeah, then we, then we really get the benefit. Another question? Anyone? How do you see Ishtar 100 years from now or 200 years from now? Do we have a kind of process going on? Like, like, Shikabhava has a teacher, right? Like after Shikabhava, we have like this disciple to our uh, group of teachers and the Shikabhava. How do you see the Ishtar, like a Parampara system, like a hundred years from now? hundred years from now or two hundred years from now, how do you see Ishtar and its Parampara system? How do you see it? <laughs> 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 see the change, there's a change before Srila Prabhupada. Like now, like now, it's like this. Not a branch in hands of Srila Prabhupada. Close, close. Is there, is there a continuing chain of gurus after Srila Prabhupada? Yes, there will be. As it is, some of Prabhupada's disciples have disciples
That's a good question. Well, uh, sorry. You, you know, chanting is your special time with Krishna. And who could be better at solving your problems than Krishna? So if you, yeah, if you chant attentively, that's the main